0: So today's DAV is Ein in Eruvin. We are nine lines from the top of the Amud, uh, where it says Amarav Huna. Uh Av Huna, Amud Now this doesn't directly relate to uh, Iruvin, actually, what we've been talking about, but it relates to issues of um, adding, diminishing the size of various things, because we were talking about the idea of diminishing the size of the uh, partition that's in between the two courtyards and how that can be done. And so this is on the same topic to a certain extent not exactly the same but similar concept. He says "Amud so you have a 10 high a 10 tef-a-chai, uh pillar in the public domain uh, uh, and it's also for a baa and it is for uh, tfachim in its width, in other words, it constitutes itself ba- basically a Shuta because it has the dimensions of ten tfachim in height and four square tfachim to constitute the But then you put a nail on the top, so miato what you did was you took away from the area on the top of that pillar. So normally we would say that it says if that pillars are Shuta yachid because it has the area and it has the height. But uh, once you uh, and and it says if the 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 four sides of that pillar like extend upward and create a uh, an enclosed area. The only thing is if that area itself has a nail in it so then you diminish the four by four that you need for area and it won't be that's only if it is uh, a three tefach high nail, because if the nail is very low, so it's really just subsumed, it's like as if it were uh, flush with the surface of the pillar. No, even if it isn't a very high nail, even a small nail will take away from the area on the top of the pillar because because the person will not use it, because if you need that surface, in other words, the concept that this pillar could be considered a Rishut HaYachid is that you would use that surface. But if that surface has a nail sticking in it, so even if the nail is low, it makes it no longer a flat surface, you're not going to use it anymore. Rav Hashem, he says, you know what? Even if you had a nail in the in the Rishut HaYachid, it won't take away from the pillar being Rishut HaYachid at all. Even if it's more than three sh'tvachid, this, the, uh, the, this is the opposite of what he said before. In other words, before, um, before Rav Adab said, if it's three T'vachim high Then it will ruin The Rishut Ha'echid. And Abayin Rav it Will ruin it Even if it's lower And Rav says No, even if it's high It won't ruin it Why not? Because Because he can still Hang something on it In other words It still functions It's true that he can't Put something flat On the top of that Rishut Ha'echid pillar But he can hang something on it So it's not going to Actually take away From the utility Of the, uh, of the pillar what if you put nails on the entire surface of that pillar, so the whole thing's covered? So, Did you? He said to him, didn't you hear that which Rabbi Yochanan said? That if you have a uh, a pit. And the banks of the pit, basically you dug a pit and you put the dirt from the pit around the edges of that pit. So the pit itself maybe is five twachim deep. It doesn't matter, five, six, seven twachim deep. And then you put around the, the bank of the pit. You put the dirt that you took out of the pit around it. Okay? Now actually we say that that creates a wall. So you can, from the top of that bank that you created with the dirt from the pit all the way down to the bottom... You've now created a ten tefach wall. That's that isn't the main point, though, of the um, uh, of why they're quoting this teaching, which is why it's a little confusing. At least according to the way Rashi interprets it here, he says that really the main point here is not the height factor, but the width factor. He says that really you need four by four tefachim to create a reshut um, and yet if a person, let's say those the bank that you created around the um, It's almost like a wall that you created, but it's very thin because it's just the dirt that you took from inside the pit. pit. So it's a round thing. If you put something on the edge of that, it's going to be considered putting it into a Rishotayachid, even though that surface itself doesn't have any dimension. It doesn't have the dimension of four by four. You're relying on the open space in the middle of the pit as the four by four, even though there's no utility to the open space. Because all you actually have to rest anything on is the thin wall that you created of dirt around the pit. So he says, so, so you see from there that even though you covered, he's, he's comparing the two. He's saying even though you covered the top of this pillar with nails, and there's very little that you can actually use in there, should be the same. Now he's going to say what the analogy is, though. He says... What's The logic? The fact is that the space in between is not usable. You can't float in the air. You can't put anything to float in the air. So how could it be that that thin wall around the pit is, is going to be considered like as if it's four by four of area? It's really not because the hole in the middle is what is, you're counting that towards the wall. It says, The answer is you could put a board across the pill, uh, across, across the pit, or, you know, across the bank that you created of dirt. You could put something across it, and now you could use it. And so, the so same thing is true about this pillar. This pillar has nails sticking out of it. Okay, so put a blanket over it and use it. In other words, it doesn't take away from the fact that there is space there. It just takes away from the ease of use. So you cover something else up. Uh, you cover something over it, to make it flat or to make it, you know, not dangerous or whatever. And, and then you're able to use it. I mean, they're talking about where the nail is pointing into it. So I guess it wouldn't be dangerous, but it wouldn't really be uh, very easy to place objects on something that has like spikes sticking out of it. Um, the, the point being, though, that just like the bank around is itself considered Rishut even though you can't actually use that bank for much. Right, you you have to take into account the space that extends across the air, which isn't really usable. So to here, you have this pillar that has these nails sticking out. You can't re- in its current state, you can't really use it for much. It has the dimensions, but you can't really use it for much unless you cover it over. So you have to cover it over, so it's not a problem. If you have a ten uh, a ten the um, wall, you need a um, a fort. Tefach long ladder to permit it. Okay, now here we're talking about um, the uh, again the idea of uh, of making the the two chaterot. See, there are two issues. One issue we we talked about. One issue is whether the um, whether the people on one side or the other of the wall have proprietary rights to the use of that or Shabbat rights, at least to the use of that wall, the top of the wall, if they want to. And the other question is, can they unite together into one? So um, in either case, the, in order to permit here, in order to have, to be considered um, fixing the wall to make the top accessible to the people on the side, they need a 14-tavach long ladder. Now, the reason is because you can't have a ladder going straight up and down. You have to have a ladder on an angle. So if the wall is ten t'vachim high and you have a ten t'vachim high ladder, then yeah, if it's against the wall, it will be ten t'vachim high, but you can't climb up a ladder that's straight against the wall like that. It has to be tilted. So therefore, you're going to need four extra t'vachim of tilt to allow for that. And that's why it says it has to be 14 t'vachim, actually, in order to be good. It's not necessary to have 14. You're going to have even 13 and a little bit more. Because when you pull it away... Uh, you know, when you pull it away, even though it's true, you have to pull it away. It says, So the top of the ladder will just be below the top of the wall. Right? One tefach below the top of the wall. That's okay. One tefach below the top of the wall is okay. And Abaye says, (laughs) Even 11 and... And a little bit, meaning as long as it's within three tvachim of the top, it's still kosher. doesn't have to go all the way to the top. Within three tfachim, we always say it's okay. He says, you know what? doesn't even have to be that. Even just seven and a little bit more. Now, how could seven and a little bit more? That would only work if you put it flat against the wall, like we said before. If it's flat against the wall, but then how are you going to climb up? If it's flat against the wall, true, it will reach within three tvachim of the top. But we're talking about where you tilt it, so you need more. But if you put it flat against the wall, you're right. But um, but I'm so. But he says no. Even even uh, even though it only would diminish the wall, it only would reach within three tefachim of the top of the wall if it is flat against the wall. Still, that's enough to be considered that it that it's lowering the wall to the level of the people on that side and it's making the top accessible. Now Amar Av says Sulam Zakuf the straight up and down ladder mim that it diminishes the height of the wall, and he said, I don't know the reason behind it. Meaning, it's a tradition, I don't know the reason behind it. Why should we say that a ladder that's not usable, it's flat, up, and directly vertical, is going to count to diminish the height of the wall? So he said, he called him father. He said, and father doesn't know, you don't know the reason. We said before, that you could have Two um sort of like uh uh I don't know what the right translation is, like uh platform. Yeah. Like on top of each other. You have like a platform on the on the ground and one above it, right? Even though climbing from one to the other is very difficult. Right, But we said that you have one that's on the ground, and then you have one the tire, and it's on stilts, and it's separated from the other one by less than three t'vachim. And so the whole thing that we saw yesterday, that's also not easy to climb up. And yet we said that it diminishes the height of the wall. So it's the same thing. <speaking in Hebrew> These um, pieces of uh, of uh, tree trunk of keva. you don't have to, uh, the, you don't have to, affix them to the ground, meaning that if you have these pieces on the ground, a person will not move them away. So if you take these, like, tree trunks and you put them along, pieces of tree trunk, you know, not the whole thing, but you put it along the wall, nobody's going to move that. So basically it diminishes the height of the wall. It's like you would step on there, and that's that's where you measure the height of the wall from. Um, and it says, Because the, uh, the heaviness, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped part of it. Oh no, I didn't. It's the same language, actually. I, my eye I skipped to the next part, which says exactly the same thing. But my, I the because the heaviness keeps it in, is makes it considered kavua. For Rabbi Yosef Rabbi the Rabbi The same thing is true. And Antikin keva. Same is true about the ladders of Babylon. The Babylonian ladders. Babylonian ladders. Also, um, if you put them there, you don't need to, like, affix them in place. They're not something that's going to be moved. What's the reason again? It's the same reason because they're very heavy. Nobody's going to move them. So if you put them at the foot of the wall, that will diminish what's considered to be the legal height of the wall. Okay, that's the... Um, and now the, the thing is, though, that according to Rav Yosef, that... Um, that even ladders diminish the height of the wall, definitely trunks from trees are going to. But the one that says that trunks of trees might not agree with the ladder because a ladder is not as heavy. It's not as big of a thing. It's not as big of a thing to move. So maybe he's saying only if it's something like a piece of a tree that nobody's going to move. But if it's a ladder, he might not consider that illegal diminishing. In other words, the whole question is, let's say, I mean, we can imagine something like this existing Even in American, uh, even in like building code, you know, like if you have a certain, you know, maximum height of something, where do you count the height from? Do you count it from the ground? Do you count it from what's, you know, and, and so they're saying if you have like something around the wall that basically a person can stand on and never gets moved, can you count from there the height of the wall? Or do you count from the ground, right? So we're saying you can count from there. Now, Rav Yosef and Ravba were actually colleagues, but they oftentimes asked each other questions. Yosef because Now, the way Rashi interprets this is as follows: He interprets this to mean that we said before that in order for the sulam, in order for the uh, for the ladder to diminish the height of the wall, it has to be a width of four t'vachim, four t'vachim width. Right now, what happens if you have a thin ladder? Okay. Yeah. Or you have two thin ladders. They're not wide enough. They don't constitute for t'vachim in <coughs> width. It's too thin, to, too narrow to be considered um, a, an adjustment to the wall. So I'm. So he said. And then, but in the middle you have kash. You put like you try to make. Yeah. You try to make it like a makeshift. So it symbolically looks like four T'vachim. Obviously, you can't step on the straw, but you made like straw rungs in between two ladders. Like you t- put two narrow ladders, and you put straw rungs in between so that it will create the appearance of four. But you can't really step on the part in the middle. That's how Rashi interprets it. Others say that it's talking about that there is there's actually straw in the middle of the wall, right? But it, meaning the wall is made of straw. That it's talking about how you have. Ladders on either side of the wall And there's straw in the middle But Rashi says that it means That you had two mini ladders And you put straw rungs in the middle Now obviously the straw rungs don't work But it's just in order to look like that So it says So he said in that case (laughs) Mau, amarle en kafaregel um, Olaben. Uh, in that case, it doesn't work because the the you can't step on it, and the nature of a person is to step on the middle of the rung. And if the rung is made of straw, it's not going to be good. But kashimi ykavu kashimi But if you did the other way, that you had a narrow ladder and you extended on the right side and the left side with straw, but you'll actually step in the middle. So there, he says, there the person could step on it because the middle of the rung is the real rung. In other words, you can. The idea is you can kind of symbolically extend the width of the the, the, the sulam, of the um, of the ladder, in order to qualify as a diminishing of the height of the uh, wall, making it more accessible, as long as the parts that are symbolic and not really functional are on the outside of the rungs. Because if they're outside the rungs, that's not the part you're going to step on, so it, it still functions. But if it's something in the middle of the rungs, that where you're actually not going to be able to step on that middle part, so then it doesn't function. What if the person has a um a, a very narrow uh, uh, ladder we on amud bet she says sulam zar very narrow ladder ve hakak bkotel mikano mikan keneger khavke sulam la shlim okhvo he has very narrow but what does he do he cuts into the wall he engraves in the wall the, the, the rung. So he extends it. Let's say it's a two tephach wide. It's very, very narrow. So he extends one tephach on either side, you know, in the wall. So he says, he says, amale ba-asra. He says, if you do that, then you have to do it ten tephachim up the wall. You can't just do a little bit. Rashi right? says, At You have to go up to ten tephachim. And since you have up to a height of ten fachim along the wall, these rungs. So that is, Havikeshu Petach, that is like the size of a door, an opening, and there, even though the wall is very high, that's enough to say that now we can consider it like you made a, a, a door, you made a doorway in the, um, in, in the wall. But he says, What if you just make a ladder in the wall? Okay, in other words, you didn't have a ladder at all. You just carved rungs into the side, like to climb up. Well, it sounds like something you would have at like a kid's uh, playground. You know, like this? sometimes they have those things for them to climb on, right? So you, you carved into the wall itself. So it says, If you do that, it has to go all the way to the top. You got to go all the way to the top. If the, if there's no actual ladder and you're carving rungs in, you have to go all the way to the top. He said, why? Well, what's the difference? Why did you tell me that if I have a small ladder and I carve... Into the sides rungs that extend uh, as part of the wall. I only need up to ten fakhim and then it's good. But I don't need to go all the way up to the top with those with those engraved uh, uh, rungs. But if I'm but if I'm engraving the entire ladder in, if I'm carving the whole thing, got to go to the top. What's the reason? Says Amale. He says He said, but the reason is because. Over there, when there is a, um, she says, <laughs> when you have an actual ladder that goes to the top of the wall, you can go up. The only thing is, it's not wide enough for the technicality that it should be considered the size of an opening in the wall. It has to be four t'vachim wide because that's considered like a doorway. Here, the doorway is that you're taking the ladder over, you know. But it's the passageway, it's the entranceway. It has to be four t'vachim for a technicality. But if you have Rungs that are built into the wall. It's not easy to climb. What do you, you know, it's like one of those rock cli- you know, you go to those like, uh, those places where they do rock climbing, but it's pretend, you know, they have like those walls that people climb up, you know, have you ever seen that? They have like in play places for kids that they climb up. That's what it is. It's not easy. Right? So if you are, so that's why he says, when you have a real ladder and the whole reason why you need to extend the sides of the ladder is a technicality because it has to be the size, the width of an opening, an entrance way to qualify. Fine, you only have to have it up 10 twachim because that's to requ- that's to satisfy the requirement that it's like an opening. And the ladder will go as high as possible so the person can actually climb up. But if you're making the whole thing, is just rungs that are actually carved into the wall. So then that's going to be very difficult to go up unless you actually make it all the way to the top. Then you're only somebody who cl- climbed Mount Everest is going to be able to use it. It's not going to count for, uh, you know, for, for access to the wall. So then again, he had another question. what if you have a nice tree next to the, uh, next to the wall? Is that, and, and you use the tree. People climb the tree to go over the wall. That sounds like a, a, a good solution, right? So in that case, so what's the problem going to be? The problem is going to be that that's a very good solution in terms of defining access to the wall and getting over the wall, getting to the top of the wall, getting over the wall. The problem is Shabbat, you're not allowed to climb on a tree. Right? So, so what about that? Now, um, so he says, and by the way, I, I believe the Rambam, there's one issue in this Gemara, which is that in the previous stuff, we saw that, he, that the ladder only had to go up uh, a, a, a very small amount on the bottom of the, uh, on the bottom of the, the diminishing of the wall had to be very small. And here we're talking about that, no, the sulam has to reach all the way to the top. Right now, or, or within three trachim of the top. Why all of a sudden, in the previous daf, we said that it, only a small diminishing is enough to qualify. And all of a sudden we're talking about that the ladders have to go all the way to the top. Who said the ladder has to go all the way to the top? We said if there's a ledge there and the ladder just leads to the ledge, that was enough before. Right? Even though the ledge was in the middle. So they distinguish... They, they, uh, uh, the distinction is made, I think the Rambam makes a distinction, actually, that when you're talking about... There are two issues, like I mentioned before. One is, these two chatserot, who gets right to the top of the wall? That's going to depend on who has the easier access to the top of the wall. So if one side mm-hmm. has even a short ladder and a ledge, so they have a greater advantage to reach the top of the wall, that's enough to claim that that belongs to them. But when you're talking about whether these two chatserot can unite together as one... <coughs> To create one, there you need full access. You need full access, and you need the ladder to go all the way to the top, why, why you and going? you would need that on both sides in order to qualify in for that. Shabbat you, you can go. You can go on a ladder. You can't go. On a you, tree. Can. you can. You can't go on a tree because of concern you are going to tear off of the tree something when you when you climb. That's the reason. Yeah. So so you know. So that that's the issue. So it says rebi rabbanan. This problem is both according to rebi and the rabbanan. We'll see what it means. The question goes is is posed. According to Rabbi Yudan, the <laughs> <seized> position, because Adkan Hatam Aval Oh So so so. The thing is that Rabbi is a, says the, which is the Halakha, actually that rabbinic laws of Shabbat don't take effect during Shmashot. During the time of twilight, between sunset and tzitah when the stars come out, we don't impose rabbinic zerot. Rabbinic Zerot are not in effect yet. So therefore you could say, well, technically speaking, climbing a tree is only a rabbinic zera. So between sunset and Sita and, kochavim, and I could climb on a tree, right? So so, so in the case of Eruvei Chomin actually... Meaning when a person places the Eruve Tukhomin to extend the boundary that they can walk on Shabbat they can put it in a tree why because during the time at the moment that the sun sets when the Eruv would take effect technically you're still allowed to climb on the tree and get it so that so so at the, and that's the only moment that counts after that we don't care what happens a raccoon comes and eats the Au we don't care but when it comes to the wall, you need, it needs to be accessible all the time, not just for the two minutes before Shabbat, when Shabbat is about to start, or the let's say eighteen minutes, twenty minutes, whatever in the beginning of Shabbat. That's not the only time that you have to be able to climb over the wall. It has to be a, a actual access, so you wouldn't be able to say that this that this is actual access to get over the wall. Um, if you can't use it on Shabbat itself. It's not the same thing as eruv Tichumin, where we just need it to be accessible the moment Shabbat starts. So even according to Rabbi, who says that when it comes to eruv Tichumin, you could put your eruv Tichumin in a tree, because the moment the Shabbat starts, you would still be able to go up into the tree for the first 20 minutes, and that's when the Eruv takes effect. Here it wouldn't apply because you need it needed to be accessible all the time. Odil ma'afi rabbanan, but maybe even according to the rabbis. Pitchau. What it means is that even according to the rabbis who say, who don't have that leniency of rabbi, who say that, no, you're not supposed to put your your, um, uh, Erovet Chumin in the tree, even though at the moment that Shabbat starts... Uh, you know, Rabbi said that you were still able to access it. The Rabbi say, no, the moment Shabbat starts, you can't access, you can't climb trees. The xerot apply during B'nei Mashot, But they might be more lenient, still. Why? In this case. Because there's a difference. Because what's the issue here? There is actually a, an opening in the wall. There is actually access to the wall. It's the tree. But there is a lion crouching on it, meaning the, the prohibition of Shabbat says you can't climb over. Okay? Meaning even if you say, like Rabbi says, so uh, the point is like this. According to, even though Rabbi says that at the moment Shabbat starts, there's still some leeway before Gzirot, the rabbinic zerot come into effect, and therefore you might make the argument that since you could climb onto the tree and climb over the wall in the beginning of Shabbat, that should qualify it as passageway over the wall. Even he might say, that doesn't apply here, because the, here the passageway over the wall has to be for the whole Shabbat, not just for the, not just for the moment Shabbat starts. <laughs> and the rabbis, on the other hand, who don't agree with Rabbi maybe, and say that, no, xerot uh, are the same, and they, they start it when the sun sets, still, they might be more lenient, because they might say, it doesn't matter that the prohibition is in effect. That's extraneous to whether there's passageway over the wall. Whether there's passageway over the wall is a physical question. Halachically, you can't use it, but physically it's there. So maybe the rabbis would be lenient and say that because physically it's there, it doesn't matter that halachically it's prohibited. Okay, so now again, similar question, not exactly the same, but let's say you use an idle tree. I don't mean an idle one, meaning it doesn't work. Idol meaning IDOL. See, that's another dictionary definition. IDLE, idling, like your car. No, that, not what I mean. IDOL, Asherah. Right. Idolatrous tree, meaning that not that the tree worships idols, but that the tree is worshipped as an idol. So the Asherah. So this is Asur Bahana'ad. And always the Gemara uses as the example (coughs) for an item which is forbidden in benefit, use Asherah. Okay? So, so if you have an Asherah tree there, Okay, now the some of the Mafarshim come and say, well it must be talking about where it's not planted in the ground anymore because then it's the same then you have the same issues as the previous case. But the point is you have an idolatrous tree there or item that you want to climb over. It's a Surbahana'a. Similar question. So Tiba Rabban Tiba Rabbanan. We would ask the question according to both Rabbiudan and the rabbis, because Tibaila Rabyuda Ad Kandokam Rabyudatan dibuta lik not by uh a bait, el naa de batar the canal the canala so what is the issue? The issue is using something that is asur bahana'ah, right? Using something that is forbidden for benefit. So Rabbi Yehuda said that uh, previously in this very Gemara that if a person puts their Eruv in a, on a grave, okay, it's okay. Why? Because even though you're not allowed to benefit from the grave, the moment that the Eruv takes effect, now you don't care anymore. You're not benefiting really. You're not benefiting from it. Right? So so he doesn't care. But here, the person does care whether they can get over the, uh, <laughs> over the wall or not. So you can't say they don't care. They do care. So, dilma uh, On the other hand, maybe the rabbis, even though they say that you can't, uh, that, that you cannot leave your Eruv on, an, on a Kever, you can't leave your Eruv on a, on a grave, even because, it, because it's prohibited in benefit, here they will say, listen, the question of whether there's a passageway over this wall is not a halachic question. It's a physical question. And, it's a, and, and, and that's what it means. There's a, there's a lion crouching on it. means, physically speaking, the mechanism is there to climb over. I'm not allowed to use it because it's prohibited in benefit. Right? But physically speaking, it's there. Now, Rashi explains about the, about the kever. He says, So, he says that all that you're doing... Um, uh, it, it, when you, when you acquire your location in, in the, uh, in extension of boundaries, Erovet Chomin, is you're acquiring a location. And you're only allowed to do it, really, for a Dvar mitzvah. Right? So that, that's, the, that's the further point. We learned this Gemara. The Rabbi Yehudah allows you to put it on there because he says, acquiring the Eruv is not because of the food that's there that you want to keep it there, that you want to, it's a rest on the Kever. You're going to keep it on the grave. The point is that it's only, you're only allowed to make an Eruv according to Rabbi mitzvah. if you want to extend the boundary in order to walk further for a mitzvah, to hear shiurim, to visit the sick, something that's a mitzvah. Right? So, that, so therefore, what you're doing is not really considered a personal benefit. It's just to establish that you're able to do a mitzvah. Whereas Eruvei is for benefit. You want to climb over the wall and this and that and go back and forth for benefit, for physical benefit. So you can't say you're not benefiting. So he might be more strict here with the Asherah with tree that creates a step ladder to the, uh, uh, to, to the top of the wall. On the other hand, the rabbis might be more lenient to say, even though we say by eruv Chumin you can't do that because we say it is a benefit to be able to have an eruv etchumin and you're allowed to uh, and you're allowed to uh, make eruv Chumin even for things that are not a mitzvah. That's 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 over there. So because it would be considered benefiting, but here it's not about the benefit. Here it's about whether there is a passageway or not, not whether I can use it or not. Nobody said I have to use it. The mere fact that there's a passageway allows us to make an Eruvei Chatserot together. Who cares if I use it or not? It's just to, that's just a technicality. Okay. So, a right what? A right. That's another issue. Yeah, they asked that question. What about the fact that one is a deal right and one is a job or well, not? Nah. Yeah, that's, that, that's another issue. Even that, even that. Right, they're going to they're gonna touch on that a little bit. You'll see. So, so he said to him, that's exactly what you're saying, basically. That's the logic behind it. In other words, when it comes to a, when it comes to the tree, when it's a tree that is serving as the ladder to get on to the, uh, uh onto the wall, that we would say is more lenient because climbing on a tree anyway on Shabbat is only the Rabbanat. But when it comes to Asherah, that's more strict because Asherah is the Raita. Right? So that, that seems to be the logic behind his answer, right? Then Matzkivlar says, no, on the contrary, I'm going to argue the opposite of that, even though it seems counterintuitive. When it comes to the tree, what is it that prohibits you from going on the tree? Laws of Shabbat. So you can't have your cake and eat it too. In the law, right? In the, when it comes in the, to the laws of Shabbat, it's the laws of Shabbat preventing you. Right? Ashewashi Isur davar Acher gorem lo lo he says, when it comes to the Asherah, we could say, in other words, when it comes to the tree, climbing on the tree, it's an Isur Shabbat. So even though it's only rabbinic, you can't say within the laws of Shabbat that something which is prohibited is also good. Because you're going to say you can't really climb on the tree on Shabbat, right? But you're going to say it's a passageway to unite the two for Shabbat. So within the laws of Shabbat, you're saying two contradictory things. Right? Whereas when it comes to the Asherah, Asherah, the Isrohana of Asherah is extraneous to the Halachot of Shabbat. So you could say we look at it from the perspective of Shabbat, we look at it as the Chatzimot are united. From the perspective of uh, Halachot of Abu Dazzra, well, we can't step on the tree. There's two different things. But when it comes to, uh, w- when you're talking about a regular, ordinary tree, that's actually planted in the ground. So you can't say from the perspective of Hilchot Shabbat, we see these as united by the tree, but you also, from the perspective of the Halachot of Shabbat, you can't walk on the tree, because that's contradictory. So, he says, that's why actually, even though it's counterintuitive, because that's only rabbinic, it's worse. That's, a, that's how he interprets it. Now, uh It was also stated, When Rabin came, he said the name of Rabbi Alazar and he came he came from Israel. And some say it was Rabbi Abba and the name of Rabbi Koshi Sur Asur, Koshi Sur So that's the logic behind that. That since the law of stepping on the tree is only rabbinic, and therefore one could argue that I mean even those, rather, the law of stepping on the tree is only rabbinic, since it is. A part of the Halachot of Shabbat, you can't use it also as a benefit to you on the Halachot of Shabbat that it's, that it's uniting the chatserot. However, the asherah, even though it's a worse a, a sin because it's biblical to step up to use the asherah for your benefit. The, from the perspective of Halachot of Shabbat, we can still say that the two Chatsirot are united. That's the interpretation that came from Israel. Uh, then, mm-hmm. Rav Nachman Baritzchak, Matnei Rav Nachman Baritzchak had a different interpretation, a different version of this, that Ilan Plukta du Rabbi V'Rabbanan, Asherah Plukta Duh Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda Rabanan. Very interesting. He goes back to the original thing, because when originally Rav Yosef asked the question, he said, I'm asking my question, whether according to Rabbi Yehuda or re- whether according to the Rabbis, right? I'm asking my question, whether according to Rabbi Yehuda, who says... And I'm asking whether according to Rabbi or according to the rabbis. It says originally he had said that according to Rabbi, right, according to Rabbi, is since you're allowed, and that was the that was the, the the case of the, going on the tree on Shabbat. Since in the first, Rabbi says you could put your Eruv et chumin in a tree. Because the moment that the sun goes down is when the Eruv takes effect. And at that time, the rabbinic rule of going on the tree has not yet taken effect. And we asked, would he, what would he say about this tree? So it says, it's Plukta du Rabbi v'Rabbanan. That he would say the same thing. He would say, "Since at the moment Shabbat started, you could go on that tree because the rabbinic rule didn't take effect yet. So it actually is machshir. It actually like creates a uh, uh, it's a permit, a permissive uh, uh, force for the entire Shabbat, even though it only works for those first few minutes." And the rabbis who say that no come into effect the moment the sun goes down just like everything else, they would say that the fact that the tree is there, you're not, there's never a time on Shabbat that you're allowed to step on the tree and go over the wall, so therefore it doesn't work. So it's not true that they could... Take the opposite side because before, because Rabbi Yosef was saying maybe Reb, here Rabbi would agree with the rabbis, or maybe here the rabbis would agree with Rabbi. They could go they, it could go either way. So he's saying, no, actually it's a machloket. And when it comes to the question of the asherah again, Rabbi Yehuda, who says that you can't benefit <coughs> from that you can benefit rather from the kever, because it's not really a benefit, that you can leave your Eruvet on a kever, would also say you could consider the asherah which is also forbidden in benefit to be a stepping stool to the wall. The rabbis who say you cannot leave your on a Kever because they say you can't benefit from it in that way uh, and it, it's a benefit uh, will also say that you cannot utilize, you cannot rely upon the Ashewatri as a stepping stool to the wall. So basically, according to this latter version, the, it's uh, it goes along the same party lines as those other two machlokot that we saw before rather than try to say that no, either side could agree, either the permissive side would agree here with the stringency or the stringent side would agree here with the permissive view. We're saying that they actually would hold their positions in this, even though when it comes to Rabbi Yehuda, the one thing I'm thinking, I'm not. Uh, I have to look into it more, I didn't look at the mafreshim to see the one thing. Oh actually, maybe is that what Tosfot says? Yeah. Yeah, because because what's bothering me is that the logic doesn't make any sense. Because Rabbi Yehuda says that the reason why you're allowed to you're allowed to acquire your your uh, uh, your on the kever is because it's not considered a benefit. Because you're only allowed to do eruvet chumim for a mitzvah. But that wouldn't really apply in the case of eruvet Chatzirot. There's no such rule. So why would he be, Why would his logic lead to this? Unless Rav Nachman, like he, like Tosfot is saying, so Rav Nachman must not agree with that interpretation of Rabbi Yehuda. He doesn't think that the reason why Rabbi Yehuda allows you to put your eruvet chulim on the Kever is because you're only allowed to do eruv Tchumin for a mitzvah, because then that wouldn't apply at all to our case of uniting the chazerot, where you could do it for any reason you want. It must be that Rabbi Yehuda simply says that it's effective because only that moment of Kinyan that you're acquiring your, uh, your place is all that matters. And here too he would say that the fact, the mere fact that the tree is there, uh, you know, is, is enough to uh, qualify for, uh, you know, uniting the chazerot, even though you can't actually use it. Right, that that might be the that might that might be it, but it wouldn't make any sense no, no, no. according to the final interpretation of the Gemara. What? The whole purpose is using it. If you, right. Right, I hear. Yeah. Really, yeah. But, no. Well, no, because you could no. say it's kind of like a handicap accessible uh, building. You know, like there are rules that you have to have. Uh, you have to have the ac- accessibility. What about if I don't have any? There's nobody that needs it. Uh, you know, it's, for whatever reason, there's nobody that needs it. No, you still have to have it. It's a legal requirement. So you could say there has to be, in order to say these two chatzirot are united, there has to be some physical structure that would allow a person to get over the wall. They, maybe they can't use it or they won't use it, but it has to be there. That's, that, that's the logic of this.